Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Everybody I read in Southwest Conference, they talk about Texas in the last 10, 12 years has won two Southwest Conference. Houston, three. A&M finally won them one in 18 years. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kamir Amarabian, joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown. You guys can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere you guys can get one. If you guys would go ahead and give us a five-star review, we really appreciate that. I think we're at 104 reviews, and at a total you know pretty good rating so far but if you guys would go ahead and do that that'd be amazing but anyways steven it's tuesday how's life it's pretty good it's been raining for like forever it really has it's like, like, like two I, days I straight that, i mean <clears throat> i'm not complaining like my ac like oh, my no. electric bill won't be as high and that seems like the most adult thing that i've said <laughs> in a while like growing yeah. up I was I I was never worried about that stuff, right? And then I, you know, I, I, I started to like actually pay bills after I graduated and uh like I got my own house and whatever and I was like, "Oh man, like this maybe stuff I costs set, money." Yeah, like maybe I should set the thermostat at like 75 instead of like 72 or 73 so I can save some money on the electric bill. And I was like, "Man, I'm turning into a, like Hank Hill." Have you gotten to the point where you can tell, like, if someone changed it, like, pretty much right away? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> my fiance is always cold, even though, like, I'll even set it. I will set it to like seventy three, and I'm like, that's like pretty. I think that's like, isn't seventy three above regular room temperature? Isn't it room temperature supposed to be like seventy two? Seventy two is way too hot for me. I think See, that's it, like seventy one and seventy two is normal though. Yeah, and my sister, she keeps her house at like sixty-eight degrees, and so like I'm, I'm, I've set it at a cool like seventy-three, seventy-four, and she's like always cold. But no, I, I've, I don't think I've reached dad mode to the point where, <laughs> so I'm like, oh damn, somebody set it to seventy-five or somebody set it to like seventy. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think I've, I've done that, and hopefully I don't get there, but I know I will, like one hundred percent. But uh, have you done anything interesting this week? I mean, it's only Tuesday. Um, I went golfing like the end of last week for the second time ever. How did that work out for you? I got two pars on uh, 18 holes, so it was, it was pretty good. We're improving ever so slightly. Is is golf a hobby for you, or like what is that? I just get invited to it now. Like uh, I never, th- I like, kind of watched golf with my dad growing up. I wasn't like a big golf fan though. Um, but I got invited, played a couple of rounds, and uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of fun. It's pretty fun. Is it more or less fun than playing baseball? I would say it's way more fun than baseball. Is it because you get to drink heavily while doing it? Yeah. I mean, we usually pack a uh, pack the cart full of beer, That's nice. get through like one hole, and then you can break it out so no one sees it. So. <laughs> Um, it's I mean it's pretty fun. It's, it's usually have to like nice little vistas to look at. Um, if you mess up, no one sees. You can always just redo it. Yeah. So, is there a dress code? See, I don't know. That's the one thing I dress like I thought. What a golfer would dress like. So like nice shorts, right. polo shirt, um, nice like white shoes, and uh, we get there and this dude's in front of us. And he's like, uh, he's in like jeans and like a work shirt. What? <laughs> that has like tribal stuff on it. So I'm like, 
I don't I don't know. I have no idea what constitutes dress or uh, golf clothes. Hmm. See, I'm, I've never I've actually never golfed. You should. I've it's always, fun. I've always figured like while I'm still somewhat young that I would like to play sports that I can like run and jump and be athletic, but like it's, it sounds like a pretty fun thing like I remember the show I remember the, a specific episode of Jackass <laughs> when uh, they all the guys like Johnny Knoxville, uh, Bam Margera, Ryan Dunn, all those, do, all those dudes would they went to a golf course one time and they hid in the bushes and every time somebody would try to tee off they had an air horn and they would blow the air horn. Oh yeah, that's a thing. That's that's like one of my that was my one of my favorite episodes and like one of these redneck guys got really pissed off and they said they had Tourette's and or ADHD or whatever and the only reason that the only way that helped them out was having that air horn. <laughs> yeah, I might need one of those because uh, I teed off on a hole where the fairway runs like parallel to another fairway and I hooked it like pretty much directly right into the other like oncoming team of <laughs> golfers. And I was just like, shit. I don't know what to say. I guess you say like four, but four mulligan. They're like two hundred yards away. Like, what am I supposed to do? It's like happy, some Happy Gilmore stuff. <laughs> it's my favorite golf movie. Oh, but we have a ton of information. I guess we should talk about stuff, right? We have a lot of stuff from recruiting to a little segment of buy or sell and some league news. Um, yeah, just some and some like stuff about Lincoln Riley. You know, sounds pretty important when coaches, specifically the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, get paid uh, a lot more. But so let's go on into recruiting because that's the name of the game. Um, Oklahoma, especially it being the 28th of July, they are expecting likely one commit on August 1st, which would be this Saturday, and that's when actually the NBA season resumes. Um, but Lincoln Riley this week, man, he's been throwing out weird emojis and <laughs> gifs or gifs, whatever the hell you want to call it. And so he's now tweeting out pawns and dominoes. And what the hell is – do we have any idea in why? Um, you know, it's tough to, like, really gauge what goes through Lincoln Riley's mind. I think it's simply it's just whatever the recruits want now. Mm-hmm. I think – when he first started, he's like, oh, I'll just give you the eyes. But I think he's yeah. become more familiar with recruiting and uh, you know more personalized to a touch, I guess. Um, so for this one, I think it came out um, – it was just – I think it was just a virtual visit um, with, uh, I think, the Bran- Zion Branch and his brother. It's like a mm-hmm. safe 22 safety out of uh, Bishop Gordman. So uh, DeMarco Murray's old stomping ground. So that, I think that's what it was about. Um, obviously, it went pretty well enough to where Lincoln Riley felt like uh, he needed to tweet something about it. Um, Zion Branch is, I think he's four-star safety, composite safety, um, out of Las Vegas. Um, I think he's top five at his position, so it's a big deal for OU. It's not a position where they can really go out and get an elite guy, um, especially in recent years with Dax Hill and Josh Proctor. Um, but or for Kendall 2022, Daniels, it's looking right? pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kendall Daniels. But yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, the domino thing—that's pretty easy to read, right? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you suggest? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty simple. Like that's pretty simple. Ever ever since the whole Caleb Williams thing, that's the, that's <clears throat> been the whole thing of dominoes and dominoes and dominoes. And so I was just like, why is Lincoln Riley tweeting out a black pawn? Like, what is what is he suggesting? And so that makes sense. What you'd say, being more personalized with that, like. I wonder if, like, does he, like, text the kids, like, all right, you have, like, 200 <laughs> emojis. Which one do you want? And it can't be the middle finger emoji. <laughs> but he... I wish. That, that would be incredible. Uh, all the major commits tweeted out the O again, and, like, of course, we're talking about Latrell McCutcheon, Mario Williams, Caleb, Caleb, Caleb Williams. And so they just did this the other day. Is this in reference to a guy that is slated to commit this weekend is this a guy that ever that has committed but it's not going to commit till like october you know how lincoln Riley has a track record with getting guys silently committed and not necessarily always working out uh but do you have any idea as far as 
who this would be about or a name. I mean, I know I know a hot name for a minute was Kelvin Gilliam, and right. I know he had been linked to Penn State, but maybe th- some things are trending back toward Oklahoma's side, I guess. Right. I think the the obvious would be Damon Harmon's decision coming up on August 1st, um, the safety out of, uh, I think, Virginia. So, I mean, the same area as um, Caleb Williams. They have a lot to do. Um, with each other, but I think the one thing, and if you believe in conspiracy theories, you look at Colin Montgomery's tweet um, with a little like King's Crown, yeah. yeah. Which Kelvin Gilliam has that in his um, Twitter name, so I think he has a decision coming up. And now, whether he let those guys know what it is, you can kind of, I guess, it would be safe to at least give it a guess. I mean, it, it, there's not much else it could be. Um, with that crown right there. So um, Gilliam's decision is coming up. It's between Penn State and Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is kind of going to battle there to the end, uh, but it is one they can win. And what I initially thought, I saw a crown, and I immediately thought of Prince, Collie, you know, be, and it, it makes That's sense. True. And I, I thought, well, I mean, I did assume that OU would be going all in on Prince, considering that they just basically cut ties with Kendall Daniels uh, you know, not permanently because that's not a little bit Lincoln Riley does, but they've right. gone separate ways temporarily, seemingly until you know National Signing Day gets pushed back, and uh, so that's my first thing. But then, of course, I thought, well, what else could it be? And then you know, landed on Kelvin, uh, Kelvin Gill- Gilliam, and he of course would be a big pickup for OU, and it looks like Marcus Burris is maybe out of the boat too. And of those two, you would definitely rather have Gill- Gilliam over Burris, right? Yeah, he fits a better inside position. I think Burris could kind of work between the two, which may not work in Ogie's favor, uh, but Burris is a really good um, inside prospect. Uh, but as far as just size, I think Gilliam has it there. So continuing on with more guys, and, and speaking of guys that you know are not committed to Oklahoma but definitely trend to Oklahoma is Kamar Wheaton. And, and there's apparently rumor... <laughs> You know, according to uh, Mike Roach at Texas, that uh, Texas is gaining a lot of momentum with Kamar Wheaton. And, you know, it doesn't sit well, and I imagine it wouldn't sit well with the Sooner staff to have a guy like Jason McClellan committed for like two years under the tutelage of Jay Bulware and then to lose Jace, you know, at the last month. And you have Kamar Wheaton, who's not, not, of course, committed to OU, but definitely trending that way. OU's a trendy pick for him. And to lose Wheaton to a guy that, honestly, is the best running back to come out of the state of Texas since Jonathan Gray, because he's rated as the second running back in Texas, the 18th player nationally. And he, that's, like, that's higher than Keith Ford. That's higher than a ton of other guys uh, since Jonathan Gray. You know, it would do the Sooners really well to have a high-caliber running back like that because, of course, Oklahoma's running back room, they have really above-average guys. You have Marcus Major, Kennedy Brooks, uh, Seth McGowan. You have a lot of guys that are pretty good, but you don't have that elite talent that you would see in Rodney Anderson when he was really on, Joe Mixon, DeMarco Murray, etc. So does it look like Kamar Whedon... Is maybe Oklahoma's maybe losing a little bit of footing with Texas, or is this just like hearsay and like it'll all work itself out in the fall? Do you think? I would say it's more hearsay. Um, I mean, you always have those rumors coming out from the Texas side about they're trending with their crude, and there's just no there's no foot to them. So, I think the best thing that I've heard about Kamar Wheaton is everybody just doesn't know where he's heading. I mean, he's he's a guy that doesn't really talk too much. Um, he kind of plays it close to the vest, so. If anyone thinks they know where he's going, they're probably lying a little bit. Um, it is between OU Texas and probably SMU, um, but that's all we really know right now. And OU's still up there as far as being one of the, the top schools. I mean, I would I would assume that <clears throat> Oklahoma, with their history of running backs, Lincoln Riley, like if you're an offensive player, how can you turn down Lincoln Riley, especially right. when you're compared with the staff that Tom Herman has and what Tom Herman is, you know, Oklahoma's offense is more wide open and it offers you more benefits as a receiver, as a lineman, as a running back, anywhere. anywhere. 
Why would you go play for Tom Herman? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and on top but, of that, I mean, you have DeMarco Murray there. That's a guy, um, Kamar Wheaton's from the Dallas area, so he grew up watching um, DeMarco Murray. So there's that tie there as well. So, I mean, at what point, honestly, at what point does, if this commitment or not commitment, but if this recruitment not necessarily turns sour, but maybe gets a little stagnant, at what point does Lincoln Riley step in and become the primary recruiter of Kamar Wheaton instead of DeMarco Murray? Because this seems like a commit. This seems like a player along with a Bryce Foster and along with a Caleb Williams, basically your five-star guys. Right. Kamar Wheaton seems like a guy that is a must-have for this class. I think he's already doing it. I don't think Lincoln Riley does the Bob Subich approach where – I mean, you let your assistants go in, um, lay the groundwork, do all the you know, the relationship stuff, and then he comes at the end and so closes the deal. I think uh, Lincoln Riley's more hands-on, so I don't think DeMarco Murray's alone out there, especially being like a, a first-year guy at OU. I think Lincoln mm-hmm. Riley's helping out a lot with this one. Oh, who was that safety from Waco? Who he was a uh, from Midway that was supposed to be pretty good. He was a four-star kid. And he never really panned out, and he was always hurt. Khalil Houghton? Khalil Houghton, yes. They brought, like, the They, they brought the Thorpe there? Award. Yeah, yeah, they brought the Thorpe Trophy there for that Derek <laughs> Strait one. You remember that? Jeez. Yeah, he's supposed to be a big deal. Well, I, <laughs> I want to say he probably would have been a big deal, just like Stephen Barker, <clears throat> if they had the right staff. Like, Because right. Oklahoma is officially now doing what Gary Patterson has done at TCU. You have a system, and you have body types, and they just work together instead of refiguring out what else you're doing every single year. So if you had, like, if you just had the same system that was not changing and your same simple calls, I feel like guys like Stephen Parker would have been a lot better served. Jordan Thomas, Khalil Houghton, maybe not Robert Barnes. It's just, it's not gonna, it's not working out for him. Um, but other guys like Will Sunderland under Grinch would have been fantastic. A Will Sunderland oh, yeah. and Stephen Parker safety duo, oh my gosh, would have been incredible for the Sooners. Of course, you didn't get to see it through, but I just think about that. Uh, but something <clears throat> huge, uh, even, you know, maybe bigger than the Rocky Mountains, is the Sooner Summit being declared by <laughs> recruits. This is not... This is not put on by the coaches at OU. This is strictly put on by the main recruiter himself, Caleb Williams, who is really pulling this class together along with Lincoln Riley and the other coaches. Tell me about the Sooner Summit. What is this thing? Is it virtual? <clears throat> is it in person? What the hell is happening? Because people like the hashtag, but we don't know completely who is going to be there and who's leading <laughs> what. You know, it's, it's, it's it just sounds a like a, a logistical nightmare. Um. I mean, it's it's led by Caleb Williams. Um, he's trying to gather a bunch of the the top name guys: Bryce Foster, Emeka Ibuka, uh, Tristan Lee. And I don't think it's going to be virtual. If they pull it off, it's going to be an in-person visit. Um, I know they want to get those guys there to see Norman, but right now, with all the the cases in Oklahoma, then nationwide, I just don't know how realistic it's going to be. Uh, maybe you can get one or two on, but I don't know. I th- there was a someone told me about like ten recruits, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe named in this. Um, I could see maybe like two right now. So you you think it would be on campus instead of, or in Norman instead of like a Zoom conference? Yeah, I think they want it to be in Norman. I think they would just show up to the campus. Yeah, how um, they legally, they how would they legally do that? I think you just show up. Texas A and M's apparently done it with uh, Donovan McMillan. <laughs> It's, it one seems like that episode of Friday Night Lights, uh, the, the series, of course, when they bring in Vince Howard and he's talking to, like, a booster or donor or whatever, and they take him to the field just to show him, like, oh, here's a field. and then But he's not supposed to have any direct contact with the coaching staff. Uh, right. I, think, I think the school is Oklahoma A&M. It's cl- very clearly OSU. And... And the coach shows up to talk to the donor and is like, yeah, you tell that Vince Howard if I ever see him, he'd be a great fit over here at Oklahoma A&M. <laughs> and that sounds exactly like the kind of stuff that happens in this situation, just like recruits that uh, shouldn't be on Oklahoma's football field, but for some reason are getting commitment that got commitment videos filmed um, on the field. 
Oh, yeah, it happens everywhere. <laughs> and, like, it's just, that's what it seems like to me. And if it happens, fantastic. I mean, of course, it can only go very, very well if Caleb Williams and Mario Williams and everybody else is involved. I mean, wh- who is more important to get? Emeka, Mugba, or Kamar Wheaton, do you think? I think Kamar Wheaton, just for optics, but uh, Emeka Igbuk is the better player. And I, I, that's what I think, too. I just keep on thinking, I just keep on coming back to elite running backs, <clears throat> elite running backs, elite running backs, because right. Kennedy Brooks, great. He's a great running back, but he's not going to He's not gonna make those big plays for you. Like, he's like... The Joe Mixon showed what plateaued as far as like skill. I I, I don't think we're going to see anything surprising. I I think with with Kennedy Brooks, you see what you get, right? Right. With Joe Mixon, remember Bedlam in the, the showstopper. Oh when yeah. Literally, like Oklahoma just needs one more score to put it away, and this man weaves in and out of traffic like eighty yards and just puts the game away. Shows does LeBron showstopper in the end zone. That's the kind of stuff you need. That's the kind of elite running backs you want. And of course, you don't. You don't. You need. You don't need to say much about Demarco Murray. You don't need to say much about Adrian Peterson. But the last elite running back. I mean, you saw flashes of Rodney Anderson, but he was always hurt. But you saw it completely with Joe Mixon. I mean, Samaji Pirine. He's a great running back, but he was. I don't think he was elite by any means. He I wasn't mean, like a next level guy. He's not a guy that would make a play, and you'd say, "Holy crap!" Like. He really just did that, other than just like the amount of force he would use in just like throwing linebackers <laughs> off of him. I'm talking like jumping over linebackers, safeties, and just weaving in and out of traffic. It's just, and, and he's he's elite in his own way, uh, but definitely not a guy that's, of course, playing at the next level and getting multi million dollar paychecks as far as what Joe Mixon is doing in the NFL. Right. But uh, tell me about this 2022 five star defensive end that is kind of getting cozy and familiar with the OU staff in Gabriel Brownlow Dindy. Yeah, um, it's kind of a name that's popped up recently. I think a few people have started to talk about him. Um, he's a five-star defensive end, composite, has offers from Oklahoma, Clemson, Florida, all those guys. So um, from what I hear, I think he has pretty good family ties with OU. I think that's the draw. I mean... Um, if you go look at his tape, obviously he's a, he's a very elite prospect, but also his the uh, the profile pick on his huddle is just an OU logo. So I mean, it's not hard to figure <laughs> out there. That's good news. So, usually, uh, OU might be getting some good news. I'm not I'm not sure about a timeline or anything, but it seems like it's trending that way. And of course, really honestly, what Oklahoma needs to do, and it's it seems it seems simple, right? But it's not. Is that Oklahoma's fine on offense, and honestly, with Grinch there. Along with Brian Odom, you're, they're going to figure out the safety position in the linebackers. What Oklahoma needs to do to take that next real step to becoming a national champion is finding those five-star, high-level, four-star guys in the trenches on the defensive line. Would you agree with that? That's what. That's like. That's basically how far they are away from a national title. That seems like the next step. That because and like getting a safety. They can get. They can get linebackers, and their evaluations have been pretty good to this point, especially with Brian Odom there. Right. And you feel very good in what Grinch has been able to do regarding recruiting defensive backs. I mean, these guys are a far cry from what Mike Stoops was doing. You know, now instead of getting guys that are like five foot nine, five five foot eight, five ten that are fast, now you're looking at guys that are six foot but have maybe a six five wingspan and maybe they don't cover as much ground as quickly, but they're incredibly long. And really the only thing you're looking for now is we need elite guys in the trenches. And I'm excited to see what Jordan Kelly can do this year. I'm excited to see what LaRon yeah. Stokes LaRon Stokes for this team needs to take a next step for this team to be effective. Jalen Redmond, he's good, but I don't know if he's elite good. And so you have a lot of guys, you have a lot of improving guys, like uh, who, who am I just blanking on? Oh, gosh. Along the defensive line? Yeah. I think you named a good one in um, Jordan Kelly. I mean, you have Marcus Stripling there as well. Um, he could probably play on the outside. I think Jordan Kelly probably fits the most. He's 6'4", long guy, um, kind of set back by injury. But um, before that, he was getting a lot of praise in camp. 
And Jordan Kelly's a Tulsa Union kid, isn't he? Yeah, he's in state. And so, so I, I and Corey Roberson and just other guys. Right. Oh, as, as Zach McKinney, Zacchaeus McKinney, like just random guys that like they've been in the weight program. They look good physically, but are they going to produce? And they have, of course you have Perry and Winfrey. Um, and Justin Harrington, that they're both top 10 Juco guys in the country. And, of course, Winfrey was number one, so you expect him to play. So Oklahoma, they're just on the cusp of really, really competing for national titles, and you need the trenches. They've got them offensively. That defensively, it's still a work in progress, even though they have some really nice pieces and Ronnie Perkins and other guys there. But anyways, the next one we're going to have a buy or sell. We're going to talk about some league news. Uh, But before we do that, we have a break for our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, Steven, so this week I'm not having you do a this or that. Um, this this week I'm doing a buy or sell. And these are some random things uh, that I, I thought of, and I, I thought I'd gauge your opinion, uh, gauge your mind, where you're at, and you know, just talk about maybe if we differ on some things because I think some of these things are pretty trivial, but at the same time I think they're pretty legitimate. So let's go with this first one on buy or sell. Oklahoma loses two or more regular season games this season. Now, of course, that could look different. Oklahoma could have 12 games. They could have 10 in the regular season. But just posed, Oklahoma loses two or more games. Are you buying or selling that? I'll buy that. I think um, it's just a weird season in general. So uh, one mistake, like uh, you miss, like, maybe Justin Harrington gets COVID, right? Right, and then he gives it to like two or three of the other DBs. Now you're way back behind, um, and if the other team's healthy, then there's not much you can do. So I'm gonna go go ahead and buy that. I just think it's irregular kind of season. I think a lot of uh, there'll be a lot of ups and downs. And you know, I I, I'm, I agree with you here. I think that Oklahoma in in any other season, in any other season, if circumstances were normal, if Justin Harrington gets to Oklahoma. You know, earlier than right now. You know, right, right as soon as they're going through walkthroughs, right? <laughs> or Spencer Rattler gets like a spring to like set up for yeah the fall camp. Now, offensively, I feel like they're going to be fine because of the offensive line. I really do, and I think there will be I think there will be some bumps along the way. But if you play that ten game schedule, that just means you're playing Missouri State really early, and then the rest of the conference. Then I'm curious about what that looks like. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna buy that for now. Yeah, that they would lose two or more regular season games, and of course, that would mean they go like what seven and two in the conference. Yeah. All right. What about <clears throat> this next one? Now, Oklahoma on the preseason list had six, had five. Excuse me, had five All Americans. Buy or sell. Oklahoma has six or more conference All-Americans by the time the season's over? I'm going to go ahead and sell. I think it's a little bit below that. I think there's three for sure, and then maybe another th- possible three. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't say it's for sure going to be six. I would say it's like four or five. So I'm trying to count up the names in my head. I think that by the end of the season... And this is not being me being a homer. This is just me saying, like, look at the damn trends. Spencer Rattler's going to be on one of the All-American lists. I I don't want to... I want to say Kennedy Brooks just because the entire offensive line's coming back and he's going to rack up numbers. But at the same time, I also want to say Creed Humphrey's going to be there. Right. I want to say Marquise Hayes is going to be there because he is say too. a road grader. So you've got at least four on offense, at least four. And I'm looking at the defense, and I say, well, damn, like, you don't have Gallimore. You don't have you don't have Ronnie Perkins for half the season. 
you don't have Kenneth Murray. So like, where do what do you what do you find the other two? <laughs> so, Did you go Trey Brown there? No, hell no, no. I mean, I See, know I some people. I think Ronnie Perkins could still kind of. You mean you come on? Sneak sneak in there. All right, so Stephen buy or sell. Rattler runs for over three hundred total yards this season. <laughs> Uh, I might buy that. I might buy that a little bit. I think um, he's not he's known as close. a runner. It's yeah, it'd be like you? almost a push. Okay. But I could see him scrambling enough to get like 300-something yards. Not too much over. See, what I what I look at is how Lincoln Riley maybe has used him in the limited snaps we've seen him. with a special, yeah. with Especially with a legitimate backup in Tanner Mordecai, who he's apparently in a battle with, which we know is not true. <laughs> And we've seen a lot of the snaps that Spencer Rattler has taken. He's done a lot of read option stuff, and he's not afraid to run a field. So yeah, I'll take I'll take that. I'll definitely buy that Spencer Rattler runs for you know, like I say, it's a it's kind of a push. It's almost like an even, but definitely over 300 yards. I think so. This next one, I think, is intriguing, just specifically because the offensive line Oklahoma returns. By yourself, Kennedy Brooks has 1,200 yards rushing, at least, and 15 touchdowns. Now, the last two seasons ago, he had over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. Last season, again, over 1,000 yards, but he only had six because Jalen Hurts hates giving the ball to other people and not making the correct read. So, you by yourself, Kennedy Brooks gets 1,200 plus yards and 15 touchdowns. Um. I'm going to go sell on this one. I think it's kind of the same reason as the first question. Um, as far as just we don't know what this season's going to look like, and maybe it's 10 games, maybe it's 8 games, oh. maybe it's 12 games. No one really knows for sure, so I'll, I'll go sell on that. What if it's a 12-game schedule? 12-game schedule? I could see it. He'd be the primary guy, and then you have, like, Marcus Major, TJ Pledger, McGowan. Stevenson when he gets back. Stevens, yeah, he's out for five games still. And there aren't they, aren't isn't the staff pretty not necessarily confident, but cautiously optimistic that they will get the suspensions of Bridges, <laughs> Perkins, and Stevenson not wiped away, but reduced by like two games. Uh I, I have no idea. The NCAA is so weird and so screwed up that it could just stay the same. Honestly, like why why are we even? And I know this is like whatever, but why are we even penalizing kids for smoking pot these days when it's legal in several states? Uh, maybe they didn't have their medical card on them. Like, are we? We're not even having this conversation in Colorado, right? If like, if you're a CU buff, are we even having this conversation? Or like, is the NCAA just vehemently against? Marijuana. That'd be interesting. I wonder what their policy on that, because it's they didn't get like busted by like police or anyone. It was just a, yeah, a, a, a drug test. Yeah, just a drug test. So um, there's nothing criminal about it. It's just kind of those weird things that may be a little bit more antiquated in today's it's age. A, it is. It's archaic as fuck. Is what it is. Like, like in 2012, everyone would be like, "Oh my god, weed." Yeah. Like, like this is not 2005 when Rhett Bomar. And J.D. Quinn got caught taking money from Big Red Sports and Imports. This is dudes smoking weed. And several states in the country have done this. And, like, you, you're, you're not going to you're not gonna penalize Baker Mayfield for getting drunk at Logie's, like, six, <laughs> nine days a week. But you're going to penalize some kids for smoking some weed. I think that's, like, that, like you said, this is this 2020. And I know we have a bunch of old heads still running it, and I know a lot of people still like think it's taboo, even though the the leading people that are actually getting medical marijuana cards um, are actually white collar people because now it's not as taboo and because it's not seen as necessarily bad anymore because it's legal. But it's just like you know, it's, it's kind of like Oklahoma's like blue laws that stopped existing that now like gas stations can sell actual alcohol and liquor and yeah. same for stores it's just old and antiquated like you said and so that just that bugs the hell out of me so the much. ncaa website says student athletes are held responsible for all 
use of banned substances at all times. So I guess since it's still not legal everywhere, it's still a banned substance. Oh, that's stupid. Like That would be my guess on that. Like Washington, like California, Colorado, Oklahoma even, if they have a medical card. You know, it's, there are several states that right. it's legal. This is ridiculous. All right, moving on. And by the way, if Oklahoma has a 12-game schedule, I'm buying that Kennedy Brooks stuff. I just think he was too close in two, in two years ago not to get that this year. Um, especially as a more experienced running back, and then they're gonna they're going to lean on the run game, I believe, the first of the season. But who knows? Spencer Rattler sounds like the real deal, for being honest. Oklahoma by herself is going to be a top four defense in the conference this season. Not in the country, top four defense in the conference, like they were last year. Um, I'll buy that, but I think it's more closer to four. There's a lot of inexperience there, a lot of new guys mm-hmm. coming back off injury. Um, so you're still going to have those bumps and bruises, um, guys getting kind of acquainted with the field still. Um, so I'll go, I'll, I'll buy, but just barely. Yeah, see, I think Oklahoma's going to take a little bit of a step back, but I think ultimately they will prove to be maybe not necessarily a better defense because you lost They'll be the, the most talented. Round. They'll be one what? of the most talented defenses. Yeah. Outside of Texas. I mean, you lose a first-round pick in Kenneth Murray, who is an athletic freak, four or five uh, a middle linebacker, inside linebacker, that runs a four five forty. That's faster than several other offensive players that you have. Uh, Neville Gallimore in the third round, I believe. Uh, and, and so you're losing two NFL guys, right? And specifically, your quarterback in the middle of the defense. I think they'll take a small step back to begin the year until Deshaun White and Caleb Kelly really get used to things. And I think Brian Asamoah is going to take a step forward too. I hope he does. I hope he gets a lot more, he a lot good. more snaps. Short. And yeah, he looked. He looked. I thought he was going to be playing extensive snaps later on last year, and he just disappeared. But all of a sudden, Caleb Kelly, as soon as he's fine, he gets those four games. He gets those four games in, like, and in crunch time against TCU in Oklahoma State. So right. I, I just, I think Brian Asamoah is going to take the next step just because of the coaches that they have. I really like what I saw from him. Like, he's a downhill guy. And that's what you need as a linebacker. So I think they'll take a tiny step back to begin the year. But they will come out and really round out pretty well toward the end of the year, so to where they'll be number three or four. Uh, I really, I like I said earlier, I I think highly of Deshaun White, and I think that Brian Odom has the tools to get him where he needs to go. Is Brian Adam Brian? Gosh, is Deshaun White the athlete that Kenneth Murray is? No, but is he more mentally prepared at this level and at this? level of youth he is i guess you might say than kenneth murray was at as a sophomore oh I would yeah say yes 100 percent. so like you're really combining with what he already has instinctually and and of knowledge to his body which is growing bigger and getting faster so i i have a lot of faith in him as far as as well as the oklahoma secondary developing more depth with justin harrington and trey norwood being back and you have a lot of selection there of course, until people maybe catch COVID or maybe get injured. So I'll buy that one. All right, this last one for buy or sell. So this is running and throwing, and I based this off of 2015 Baker Mayfield. Spencer Rattler has 40 total touchdowns running the ball and passing the ball. And Baker Mayfield's reference had like 43 I'll go. I might sell there. I think it's just okay. under. I think it's like in 38, 37, 39, somewhere in there. But I don't think he's going to get more than 40. I think it'll be close, right? It'll I be mean, close. Just with, again, the offensive line, Theo Howard is going to be healthy. You're going to have a healthy. You have a healthy Theo's and Weiss and Howard. Uh, you'll have, you know. Not Calcaterra. You'll have Austin Stogner. You'll have Obi Obiallo. You'll have several other guys that can play. Charleston Rambo, who gets lost and who should be one of the bigger names that's coming. Uh, you'll have guys that can throw the ball too, along with an effective run game. So I think it'll be close. I, I, I agree. And so I think I don't. I think it, I think it'll be over. I mean, I'm gonna look at the Missouri State game, which may be the only game we see this year into 2021, and um, just depending upon how COVID and people are responding. 
but I'll say over. I mean, I, sh- I remember when Baker Mayfield was about to start at OU, and people were saying, there's no way that Baker Mayfield is really going to have that much of an effect on Oklahoma, especially after that 2014 season. Like, Baker Mayfield is not the savior of this team. Oklahoma is going to win nine games next year. And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And I was like, I don't think he's going to be the savior, but I think he's going to be a lot better than Trevor Knight. And then, of course, Baker goes on to do Baker things. So, and I think Spencer Rattler, I mean, do you think Spencer Rattler is going to be more talented than Baker Mayfield in that first year? Um, I don't know. Because Mayfield, I mean, he had, uh, he had a year in tech, right? He had a year so in tech. He already, had, he already had a little bit more experience. I think... Um, I think he's just under, but I think the talent level is there. Just the experience doesn't match up with it. Now, Bake also had Sterling Shepard. Right. And so so Oklahoma, they don't have that. Yeah, they don't have that de facto number one guy. Uh, Charleston Rambo is not a de facto number one guy. Theo Howard is a guy that just transferred in. Theo Weiss is, you know, he just got done with his freshman year. You don't have that established guy like Shep was, and Shep was a senior that year. Um, so you don't have that guy yet. Yeah. So I, I think that's fair. And so I think I think I'll sell that one as well. But other things around the leagues, like just go Sooners wise, Oklahoma consistently has had the University of Oklahoma anyways football team has had zero positive cases for several weeks in a row. And then this past week they had one new positive case to which we thought maybe would probably be Justin Harrington, in which the staff gave him a test before he came to Oklahoma. And uh, he is now in Oklahoma, so the bubble is still working really, really well. And then you have tons of dudes working out in masks. And you can imagine, you have Creed Humphrey over there deadlifting like 300 pounds (laughs) and sweating his ass off on the practice field, which is turf, by the way, which makes it a lot harder because that sun bearing over on the turf heats it up. Real like a microwave. Yes. And it's like just wearing regular shoes, it will burn the bottom of your feet. You don't dare st- step on that turf without shoes on. So like having cleats, they're they're hot cleats. And all these dudes are in the in the heat after lifting and they're running like crazy in masks. And it seems to be working well. I mean like yeah, it's looking good. And again, the main question is, right? What happens when everybody else comes to class? That's the main question, and I think a lot of this, a lot of these guys are going to be taking online classes. So it's basically just like online class and go to practice. Yeah, I wonder what the requirement. Like, how many hours do you have in person to meet that? Yeah, to like be a student athlete. Is it just twelve? Yes. So you could do like fifteen and do an online class. Yeah, I mean, like. And this is how this is how Oklahoma high school sports are going. They're saying, you know what? Because a lot of schools are offering uh, online-based instruction. They say, hey, you know what? You can have blended instru- instruction where you go to school part of the day and then you have online classes. I think a lot of kids, especially a lot of athletes, are going to be having online school, but they're still allowed to go and play football. Or basketball. Yeah, the NCAA is going to be like a waiver or something for like all student athletes. So it should be really, really interesting. And I mean, if that's the case, I mean, just pigeonhole those guys up in whatever apartments they're staying <laughs> at. Tell them to stay home and do their homework, or just go to the just go to um, the locker room and just do your stay in there with your homework, whatever it is. Do all your homework together and just go to practice. It's, it's, I don't know. It's just. It seems more likely that a football season will happen than it will not with the way that these bigger, not FCS, but that these bigger institutions and conferences are going. And Ohio State today, they just mentioned, you know, they plan to have guys in their stadium. Now, Ohio, if I believe, if, if, I've, if I saw right, their cases of COVID are on the down. It looks like they're trending in a positive direction, whereas Oklahoma is <laughs> positively negative, according to the president of the United States. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, everything's creeping upward to hospitalizations, deaths, etc. Um, but Ohio State is saying they're going to cap game attendance at 20%, and they're going to ban tailgating. Now, we've had this conversation on the podcast previously, is that 
it's it, it seems like right now it would be OU with no fans, right? That's what I was told. Um, and that was about, which is like three weeks ago, where the numbers weren't as terrible mm-hmm. as they are now. So I can't really see them going back on that. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. Like I don't see how you could go back on that unless they really just needed that money. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's another reason why week zero is going to be great for OU and pay-per-view. Um, but let's say OU did have 20% fans there and you have to wear a mask because that's one of the other things for Ohio State you must wear a mask in the stadium how can they even enforce that and how are you going to prevent fights from some guy named Richard getting all angry that he has to wear a mask mask. like how how, how are you going to keep this guy are you going to post up several because you can't have student workers doing that because you'd have to have like law enforcement yeah like 60 year old Richard wants to watch his Oklahoma Sooners play and he doesn't want to have to wear a mask and so you wouldn't have to student workers would not be affected you would have to have law enforcement or OUPD there in several spots like I don't think they would make you do you think they would social they wouldn't have them socially distanced do you think yeah I could see them spacing out the seats enough if they're doing 20 percent I don't think they would do suites or the upper deck. Right. But you could space it out enough to get people in there. It's just a matter of people kind of obeying the, the requirements. Right. It, so, it sounds like a nightmare. It, it sounds it sounds like a, it sounds <laughs> terrible to enforce. It sounds like it sucks. Yeah, it sounds just pretty freaking awful. And they're going to say they're going to ban tailgates. You can ban tailgates, but you know people are going to park elsewhere and have their own tailgates and come oh yeah it won't be on campus property but it'll be just outside yeah that's what i'm saying like you can't you can't you can say that doesn't mean it's not gonna mean it's gonna happen and then combine that with brett mcmurphy saying earlier i thought i i thought i dreamed that this happened (laughs) that's how maybe crazy i think this is maybe like maybe you think it's not as crazy who knows but Brett brett mcmurphy saying that the NCAA is advising schools that after a student-athlete has actually confirmed a positive test of COVID, that that student-athlete will not have to test again for three months because of possibly the antibodies that are in their body unless they show symptoms. So basically, right now, if a player tests positive in July or I guess August, they wouldn't have to take that test again till. October or November because possibly the antibodies are in there in inside them to prevent them from getting COVID again, even though science, science does kind of suggest antibodies leave soon. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I thought I dreamed this because I thought it was mildly crazy. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, like medical professional, but wouldn't it make sense to like test them two weeks away from their like initial positive test to make sure they don't have it yeah like to make sure they're not um it's like not like an active virus that would make sense i think it would make a lot three of sense months if, that's weird yeah three months like this is like the houston route when they said yeah we're just not gonna test people until they show symptoms and for a population that actively doesn't show symptoms that doesn't sound like a good idea <laughs> uh yeah it's just like it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna check their temperature. It's like having a fever is a symptom, and a lot of these people don't have symptoms. So, what, like, what are you going to do? And so, it's just, I mean, it's just crazy to me. That seems a little weird, but man, like, if that's the case, the NCAA is advising schools to do that. I don't see how you don't have college football this fall, right? Yeah, they're gonna try to get at least some of it in. Like, but it just seems like they're like trying to ignore the problem. If that's if the NCAA is saying, "Hey, you know what? We're expecting student athletes to get COVID," and you know what? If they're fine, which most likely they probably will be, because like just looking at the statistics, the statistics. If the NCAA is saying that, and in tandem with the Center for Disease Control, is saying, "You know what? They reverse course. They said, you know what? Students need to go to school, and you know." interact with each other and yada yada for all these other reasons if those guys are saying those things in tandem it sounds a hell of a lot like football season to me which i'm i'm happy like i'm happy if it's in 2020 or 2021 regardless but i just thought it was really interesting and then 
you go on with Lane Higgins that says Bob Bowlesby, who's everybody's favorite commissioner, by the way, the Big 12 was adamant. They wanted a full schedule, 12 games. Now they're considering doing conference (laughs) only that starts in week zero. So, like, you have nine plus one. But they're still very adamant in preferring of the 12-game schedule. Why is the Big 12 and the SEC hasn't said a ton on this, but I feel like the Big 12 and the SEC, just because of that culture of Southern boys in the fall playing football, that's just the culture that they have. Why, it looks like the Big 12 and the SEC, why are they so adamant on these 12-game schedules, whereas literally everywhere else, it's like, you know what, we're just going to play nine. We're going to play ten. We're going to play conference. Why do you think that is? It's just the culture. You think it's just the culture thing? I think also the Big 12... They have to have their money because their grant of rights are about to expire, and schools are going to look around. They want to be as attractive as possible. So grant they miss expires, a year. What year? Twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty five. But I think the negotiations start before that, or okay. something like. So that makes sense. Something something similar to that. So I think it's a little bit about money. It's a little bit about culture. Um, as far as this report, it just seems like someone got a hold of like a backup plan. Because I mean, the Big Twelve, the SEC, they're all—they need like three pa- uh, plans in place, and so something falls through. Yeah, they have—they can immediately go to Plan B, Plan C. So um, this just is, just sounds like they found a backup plan and want to report it. Just a bunch of contingencies, and and I—I right. I thought it was really interesting because, like you said, your granted rights is up in like what twenty twenty five, and. Well, Oklahoma's own coaches, Alex Grinch, and more notably, Lincoln Riley, they got extensions, or Lincoln Riley at least did, they reworked his six-year deal with a two-year extension through the 2025 season, and of course, he's getting paid a lot more. Alex Grinch is getting a $400,000 increase in pay. Do you think that Lincoln Riley's contract has anything to do with maybe their grant of rights and what the next step is for conferences or is it just coincidence i think there's something to it because especially with what president harris came out today right with the the whole like we want to be we're an academic institution yeah we want to be a, a research station whatever look at all these pillars for success <laughs> <laughs> um i think let's just talk hypothetically here Let's say OU jumps to the Big Ten or the SEC. Their buy or their payout from that conference is going to be so much more. Right. I agree. So then in turn, you can offer a, a bigger contract. So I think there's something to it. I don't know if that's what they foresee, but it kind of looks like maybe it was intentional. I don't know. It seems really intentional, and especially with – you know, him getting incentives just to stay for an extra however many hundreds of thousand dollars in different years, which is pretty incredible to me. It's like 500000 on yeah. his third year and then 750000 on his, like, fourth or fifth. It's like, hey, if you stay, you get extra money here. It's like, well, why wouldn't you stay? And so it mentions, like, you know, Lincoln Riley, of course, definitely turned down talks to talk to other NFL teams that wanted to interview with him. Um, and, you know... With with because I got the email from OU today that that then OU tweet, tweeted out about President Harrow's and what he wants to do and what kind of institution he wants OU OU to become in the future and I was like, man, this reads pretty uh, this reads like they are transitioning to something a lot different, which is definitely not Big Twelve stuff and something that more the Big Ten is super focused on. The SEC is not laser focused on academics. That's why they have Vanderbilt. <laughs> like honestly, like <laughs> you can I mean, do. They, do they even have to take the ACT to get or SAT to get into Alabama or Auburn or Florida, wherever? Wherever I think it's a lower score there. My goodness, but it just seems pretty. I don't think it's coincidence. And so, let's say conference realignment is going to happen. Which would you rather see? Because originally, I was a massive proponent of. go to the SEC because you get more exposure you play a lot bigger teams they've kind of fit the culture more plus Louisiana's there Florida's there 
you have big time prospects in Georgia there. Texas is already yours. Whereas like you go to the Big Ten, you have some great recruits in, in Ohio and Michigan, but not many places else like Pennsylvania maybe but you only visit Penn State maybe once every four years yeah uh so but also I've been thinking why not just stay in the Big 12 and cherry pick the Pac-12 <laughs> just get those Arizona schools kick West Virginia out back to the ACC or the SEC where they actually do belong so that would make you have what so like you what you have nine teams um, and then just add a, I don't know. You, you you would have eleven teams. My bad. I'm doing math yeah. wrong. Um, and then That's just late. pick up Colorado. I don't know. It was like I don't know, Colorado or some other disgruntled team that used to be in the conference. Uh, what do you What do you think? Do you join the Big Ten? Do you join I'm the SEC? I'm on the side that you just get out of the Big Twelve because Bob Bullsby is just a moron. I, agree I think with he's that a, the worst commissioner. Out of the Power Five, he has no real vision for the conference. Um, these games, like, um, like oh, you Texas me on Fox Sports One. That's just ridiculous. God, it's so bad. That's just trash. So I think OU needs a better voice for their conference, um, whether it be the Big Ten or the SEC. Would you support it if Bob Stoops became the Big Twelve Commissioner? I'd be intrigued. Because he has know. nothing else to do, and he clearly wants to get back <laughs> in the game. I mean, like, there were rumors tying him to the USC job this past year if they paid for his staff. He's clearly not. Right. Like, he clearly wants to get back in the game. He coached an XFL team. Um, I'd be intrigued. I don't know how well it would go. Test it out for a year. He's trying to sell everybody his uh, rock and roll tequila. <laughs> rock and roll tequila at every game. Gosh. I haven't even tried that yet. I don't want to try it. I'm I'm curious. I am do like a live, curious. live test on the on the uh, the yeah. podcast. That and cotton candy grapes. <laughs> that'd, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be that'd be probably a pretty interesting taste actually. And former quarterback that Oklahoma's actually already faced this past year, Derek King, transferred from Houston to Miami in the same place as Tathan Martell and. Well, Derek King has been named the official starting quarterback of the University of Miami Hurricanes, which is hilarious to me that Tathan keeps on getting shit on. Enjoy that shit, <laughs> Tathan. Like, oh man, imagine where does he go from here? He has to stay, right? I don't know. There's no way Texas? he transfers like a third time no. or second time. He's just been committed to like four different schools at one point. I'm trying really to think confusing. who needs a quarterback right away. See, like. Who's USC have one when JT yeah, Daniels gone? They had the the Clovis guy, right? Yeah, that's right. Clovis or whatever his name is. I don't know. The kid that did really well in Graham Harrell's offense. <laughs> right, and then I would I would assume it goes West Coast. That's where he's from. Yeah, he is from Gorman. Oh, Tathan Martell's gonna become how a magical would it be yeah. if he like went to Oregon? I keep on thinking of him becoming a Mormon <laughs> and starting for BYU. <laughs> For some reason, I don't think he really fits the uh, with the, the Mormon requirements. With an Instagram model girlfriend <laughs> that would corrupt all. I don't know them. if that's Tathan's way. That would corrupt the BYU honor code. No Instagram models as girlfriends. <laughs> Only holding hands on Friday evenings. No dancing. I think I think Tathan needs like an SI blog post, <laughs> like like Caleb Williams. Has. I would. I would read that though. I would, yeah, I would absolutely read it. Like, I bet his life is wild. I also kind of hate him, but you know, I can't. See, could you see him like lit- at, at a decent Power Five school? No, he probably goes G five at this point. Sam Houston State. But worked is that, out for is that where Bomar went? Yeah, worked out for <laughs> Bomar. He made it to the Giants. Gosh, that'd be interesting. Did you ever I'm read that? On- to see. Did you ever read on what happened to Brett Bomar? No. Did something happen recently? Well, not not recently. I just remember reading on, like, I was like, oh, I wonder if he's still in the NFL. Because he, you know, he had a cup of coffee with the Giants for a second. And then the next thing I found out was that he flamed out pretty quickly because he's Brett Bomar. And he started, like, becoming a high school coach. 
and he would like zoom around the city in his very fancy sports car and get several tickets <laughs> and he got in trouble too many times and the last I thought that's the last time I heard of him was that he just kept on getting tickets for speeding and doing dumb shit in his car from what we've been told about his college life that doesn't sound surprising at all not surprising at all and that's uh, on brand for uh for Bomar yeah, and, and after reading Bob's book, Brett Bomar, I mean, Brett Bomar was expecting a slap on the wrist. He's like, what, am I going to have to sit out this year after the whole big, uh, big red sports and imports thing? And uh, they said, no, you're kicked off, so leave now, please. <laughs> and he was shocked. God. It's like, wow, that's, that's that's pretty crazy. But last thing on my mind is Last Chance You. Now, I've gotten to watch a few episodes. What about you? I am gonna watch it after this. Man, it's good. It's 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 pretty good. Um, are you a fan? Would are you a fan of the next season of Last Chance You being actually like a basketball thing? I'm intrigued about it. I want to see how it goes. I think I think they could pull it off. Because with a football team, you know, you have how I don't know how many scholarships they allow you to have at the JUCO level. But they basically have, like, you know, 90 players. And, of course, basketball, you have a max of 15 guys, and then you have some, you know, you have some other guys that are trainers and other scout guys, but you're looking at a max, like, 20 kids, 25 kids. So you can really, really get in depth with a basketball team because you don't have a ton of assistant coaches. You have the head coach and his assistant coach and some staffers. So and so I think right. it'll be a lot more personal, maybe more in depth than what football allows you to do. But of course, last chance you for football is basically like something that you look forward to in the summer, along with QB one. Which I don't know if is there going to be another season of QB one beyond the, beyond the lights. Uh, maybe not this year. They're going to bring it back though. Because I know Spencer Rattler was in it for a minute, and that didn't go well. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as far as like last chance you, they're gonna have to figure out a way to like mix up the formula, like whether it be trying basketball or maybe what do they select like ten guys usually each season to like follow around. Maybe they go into like their recruitment or whatever, or they can go with them on like a visit or something. Yeah, but something to kind of like mix it up, make it more interesting. Other than I'm not going to class. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. But yeah, I, I really like this new Last Chance U and for people that haven't watched it yet, uh, it's 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 super it is a far cry from what Jason Brown was doing in uh, Independence, Kansas. He is not telling German kickers he is their new Hitler. So uh, that's not what this new head coach is doing. I think a lot of people will really like this new head coach uh, at Laney College from Oakland, California. It's pretty intriguing and has has a, some pretty great storylines. So it's good so far. I think I'm actually going to finish the – I might even finish it today. There's eight episodes. Probably finish it tomorrow. Who knows? But uh, but that's all I have. Do you have anything else? Uh, I think I'm good. All right, guys. Well, you guys can follow us on CrimsonCreamMachine.com. There's stuff that drops from Seth every day. Uh, Alan Kenny is a part of the podcast network as well, and he drops really great content. He released something just the other day. I listened to it. It's really, really good. And his are more like shorter podcasts. His are about 20 minutes. Ours, of course, are about an hour. Um, but you can follow me at CameraBNCCM. Uh, you can follow Steven at OyeUpdatedSB. And Steven, go ahead and tell them about the Discord they can get on. Yeah, so uh, with the season right around the corner, uh, the Discord's pretty active right now. Um, it's a place where you can find recruiting news, recruiting chat, um, football chat, gaming chat, anything. Um, it's kind of a mixture between a forum and like a live live chat room. So um, it's a good time. A lot of good people in there. Um, there's an app for it. It makes it super easy. So you can join. Um, I usually drop invites every now and then, or you can just DM one of us. Yeah, it's really simple. Uh, I think the last time we did one of these podcasts, I got two requests about getting access to the Discord, and it was pretty easy. And so it's a really great community. Uh, uh, even today, like, there's several things. Like, for example, it doesn't all relate to OU football. There's gaming. There's food, I think. People were talking in the Oklahoma City hoops. Thunder, just, yeah. NBA. Uh, and uh, Andre Robertson looked good again, actually. I know you hate to hear that. But he, he, 
he's clearly not the same Andre Robertson defensively from January of 2018. That's clear. But what is clear is that he's still functional and has a high IQ defensively and positioning. So I don't know if he gets legitimate minutes for the Thunder down the stretch in the playoffs, but he's not terrible. He's not, okay, offensively, okay, yes. But defensively, high IQ. So anyways, you guys can find this podcast. I mean, you're listening to it right now. Uh, if you are listening to it the first time, hit the subscribe button. Raise five stars. We really appreciate you guys. Um, and we will check you guys later.